Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander, the crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet, all hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Hey, thank you so very, very much there, Kevin. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Now, today in the What's Hot Spotlight is a trumpet award, Grammy award-winning singer, multi-NAAC image awards, BMI and ASCAP award-winning songwriter, film, television, and stage actor, Miss Dawn yes. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's known for Veronica Mars, uh, A Different World, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Any Day Now, The Secret Life of the American Teenager, and One Tree Hill. And last night, Dawn was on Broadway, co-starring in Tina the musical. Yes, wow. Sir. Welcome. Thank, <laughs> Dawn. You. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Always great to see you, GK. My pleasure. And I'm so glad you had the time to, to, to join us today, uh, knowing how busy you are. And I mean, I went through your bio and I'm, uh, I was like, how could she do all these different things, which we're going to talk about uh, uh, as we progress during the interview. But how was the show last night? Oh, the show was great. The audiences are great. Broadway is back. Uh, for the most part, everybody has been just so cooperative and compliant and enthusiastic and energetic, wearing their masks. You know, it's it's been great. It's been great to be back on stage. My castmates, we haven't been together in more than a year and a half. And wow. we picked up, uh, I would even say better than beef before. Because, you know, this past year, us, like every other American, every other human being on this planet, that past year and a half, that past 19, 18 months was very traumatic. It was a growing experience. It was a learning opportunity for each of us. So each member of our cast has come back with a fresh spirit, with, um, with a renewed belief and compassion for what's happening in the world. And uh, we all brought that to the stage. And it's been fantastic. That's beautiful. So for those uh, listeners and viewers, uh, tell us what your role is in Tina the Musical so that they'll be more uh, uh, in tune and aware of what Don Lewis is up to these days. Well, in Tina the Music Musical, I play Ike Gets 1, 2, and 3, and I understudy Ike Turner. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> you were doing it at all. You're about exhausting. Oh my gosh, those eye kids, they are dancing, twirling, swinging hair. They are singing for Jesus. Yeah, no, I don't do that. No. With the short I play, dresses. <laughs> I play Zelma Bullock, which is uh, Tina Turner's original name, Anna Mae Bullock. Uh, and through the, the story, you learn of their journey of what it cost Tina to become Tina Turner. And her mother was a great, great part of that. Uh, they had a challenged relationship. It was a different time in America where women and men uh, engaged differently, not always for the better. And unfortunately, I'm talking about domestic violence. And Tina mm. was raised in a home uh, that was domestically violent. And to save herself, her mother left. 
and unfortunately had to choose between two children or felt she had to choose between two children how she could survive. And Tina was not one of the children that she took with her. So Tina's dealing with abandonment. She's dealing with the realities of violence. Her mother is dealing with what it cost her to leave one child behind. And uh, me doing the role was very personal to me because that was my reality as a child. I was yeah. raised in a home with domestic violence where my mom had to make the choice to save her life and left me and my three brothers behind here in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Wow. Um, in order to save herself. It was about a year and a half before we ever saw a mud mother again. But now she was able to get into school, get a, a job and prepare a place where she could come and raise us. Um, so when you come and see the show, you will see as part of Tina's journey, that reality between her and her mother right up until um, it wasn't possible for, for them to have a relationship any, any longer. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I, 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 I was just going to say, thank you for sharing your personal story and, and how it intertwines with what you're doing professionally on stage every night. Uh, that that has got to be an, an emotional uh, uh, outpouring of, of, of expression for you. Uh, it, it is. And it's also very cathartic because I know that not comparing myself to Miss Turner, but like Miss Turner, I was able to not only survive, but thrive through mm -hmm. that challenging past, through that challenging reality. And my hope in portraying Zelma Bullock is that anyone who's out there in the audience, whether you are the offended or the offender, that you learn that you have other choices. If you are the one being violent, See what that violence can do. See how much damage it does. And hopefully you may make a better choice to no longer be that person. And if you were the person who has been offended and damaged by domestic violence, that you too can see yourself as a survivor. And not only a survivor, but as a thriver and victorious in the choices you can make to not stay in that circumstance, but make better choices, love yourself enough to remove yourself and remove your children because it's generational. It hurts and it keeps hurting until somebody makes a stand to say, this has got to stop. We have to do this differently. Wow. Gee, what a message. Uh, now, Tina went from the abusive home life to an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. So she never really had a happy existence until she became the Tina that we know today. That we know today until she was really able to find her own personal power and separate herself. And like I said, it's, it's generational. And sometimes you walk into it unknowingly. You know, she walked into it believing Ike was going to be a protector for her and a vehicle towards being her best self. And he revealed himself to be something else. I relate to that as well. I married that person. Really? I went through all kinds of lengths to not have that kind of person in my life. And the person that I ended up marrying presented himself as one thing. He sent his representative. And then once we got married, revealed his true self. But again, by the grace of God, thanks to the example of my, my mom and women like her, I saw it for what it was. And not to be trite or trivial, but love had nothing to do with who he was. Okay, what's love got to do with this? Nothing. Mm. So uh -huh. within a couple of months, 
I was able to see it for what it was and release myself. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't even consider that a marriage. I was there for a few months and says, oh, no, 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 I didn't sign it. You clearly mistook me for somebody else and I am out. But like Tina, people stay because of the kids. People stay. She wanted to stay because she didn't want to abandon the way she was abandoned. But ultimately, even she had to admit, if I'm going to live, if I'm going to survive, I've got to save myself so I can ultimately save my kids. And once she made that choice, she not only found her own voice and her own rainbow and silver lining and prosperity, but she was able to find true love yes. with Irvin and her whole life, the rest of her life has flourished and grown and she's a marvel. He's a marvel. Their relationship is a marvel and her legacy lives on. We hear Tina Turner music everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and now that I'm doing the show, it's like, okay, I get what really? In the grocery store, in the bank, in the taxi cab, HBO did an amazing special. Her legacy lives on. And I just, I really hope, I'm honored to be a part of it. Opening night, Tina Turner took my hand. Really? And I, looked at, I met her years ago at like the American Music Awards event or some, some something. And um, mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting her to remember me from all those years ago. But that night at opening night, she was sitting in the wings and she took my hand and she says, I just want to tell you, you were just wonderful. Wow. And I said, oh, my gosh, thank you. Says, yes, <laughs> you reminded me of home. And then I had to think about what their relationship was like. And I had to ask myself, oh, so is that a good thing? <laughs> it wasn't so great. And she says, no, no, no. It was absolutely perfect. Your portrayal of my mother was spot on. And I got to tell you, if I got not one single compliment from anyone else, if Miss Turner herself said to me that I, I encaptured her mother perfectly, that's all I needed to hear. And it was what just an endorsement. a moment for me. Yeah. What an endorsement. I mean, you know, gee, that's, oh, you, you're getting ready to bring tears to my eyes. Uh, you know? <laughs> I was right there with you because that, that just meant everything to me. It really, really did. It did. Wow. So how did you find your path after you got out of the, those relationships? Uh, how did you find your path to glory? Wow. Well, uh, again, having examples like my, my mother and my grandmother, Olga Brown, God rest her soul, um, through them being compassionate and forgiving and children of God and teaching me that, my mother was not only able to forgive my dad, but be cordial to my dad. And I watched it have an effect on him for him to become a better man, a better person before he passed away about five years ago. What that taught me in my life and in my choices for life and friends and the people I have in my life, as well as the, the jobs that I choose, is that every place I step is by the grace of God. And I have to learn, just like I want to be forgiven and understood and encouraged, I have to be willing to be forgiving and encouraging of others. Because foundationally, I believe each of us are searching for the same things, being our best selves. So just like I don't want anybody blocking me or standing in my way, I don't want to be that for anyone else, which allows me to receive as well as know what it feels like to receive grace so I can offer grace. And one opportunity after the other. I'm not saying it's been always smooth sailing because it 
has absolutely not. You st people mistake your niceness for weakness. Sometimes if you're not the squeaky wheel, you do not get the oil, you do not get the opportunities, you watch things pass you by, you watch people take you for granted, overlook you, minimize you, all of those kinds of things. So I tend to not read my bio, quite honestly, um, and just keep looking for and being open to whatever it is that God brings past me and to me and do my best to make the most of it and be my best in it. And on a lot of cases, it's brought me some acclaim. It's brought me other opportunities. In other cases, I'm there, but I'm the invisible one, which is why when you read the bio, you're like, I didn't know she did that. I didn't know she did that. It's like, nope, I was, I was there. And um, I am fortunate that I keep getting opportunities in the areas you mentioned, as well as animation, you know, as well as music. I still write and compose and produce music, me music for other artists. I create and produce television projects. Um, and I am grateful. I'm grateful. That, you know, you are an amazing woman. And I did not know how amazing yeah. uh, until I went through your bio and I learned of all of your amazing achievements and what you've been doing to help other people's careers as well. Uh, it, it, it's just an amazing. The last time I saw you was uh, uh, two years ago at your 29th uh, birthday. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was an amazing birthday party. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was at the Cove uh, mm -hmm. here on uh, Lenox Avenue in Harlem. And uh, but I had no idea who I was with at the time. So now I do have a almost complete picture of Don Lewis. And we're going to talk more about that uh, in a little while. We've we've got about uh, a minute and a half before we go to break. And I just want to remind people that uh, you're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And my special guest today is the multi, multi-talented Dawn Lewis. And Dawn Lewis is co-starring on Broadway in the, the musical Tina, uh, or Tina the Musical. And so uh, Broadway is back, so make sure you get your tickets to, to see uh, Dawn. I think we've got about 30 seconds, and I want to tell you before we go to break, make sure you check out HarlemAmerica.com. Uh, we've got some wonderful articles there. We've got some uh, on-demand TV as well as on-demand radio shows there. And we'd love for you to check it out. So well, on that note, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back with Miss Dawn Lewis on Harlem America. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at 
Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. America, where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. So, welcome back. We're here with uh, Don Lewis. And uh, Don, tell us, what was your first TV gig? Was it Hanging with Mr. Cooper? No, my first TV gig, I was actually in college. I was 17 years old and uh, I did a pilot for what was going to be a new late night TV series called The Crummy Movie Show. Where <laughs> Remember late night movies with like the chiller theater or whatever? Right, right. And they would have these awful movies and sometimes they would have the little commentaries with somebody commenting on the movie. Okay, so this was going to be a combination bad movie sketch show a la Saturday Night Live. So the concept was the movie was so bad, you would want to flip the channels to see what else was on. (laughs) We would be the sketches of the commercials or other TV shows that would be on. The series didn't get picked up, but they did run it two Halloweens in a row while I was down in Florida. So, okay, great. So that was my actual, my first TV job. Uh, after that, it was recording. I was going to be a recording artist. I had a single out on Dalmatian Records. It charted 20 in Billboard. I was doing clubs up and down the East Coast. One wow. Apollo came back as a special guest at the Apollo mm-hmm. singing one of my original songs from the bottom up, Holla Holla. Really? And, uh, <laughs> and I was doing theater off Broadway, on Broadway. I was doing a national Broadway tour of the Tap Dance Kid with the legendary Harold Nicholas of the Nicholas Brothers, Hinton yes. Battle, Monica Page, Ben Harney, um, and Dulé Hill, who's grown up to be the most amazing actor and young man. He's starring on The Wonder Years now. He was our kid. So really? I've been playing since he was 10. I was in my 20s. And so he's like my little brother. And from that... It was cast by the same people who cast The Cosby Show. So Mm -hmm. I heard they were doing a spinoff. So for three months, I begged to be allowed to audition, and they said no. Really? (laughs) Like you in the Broadway show, stay where you are. So finally, they were apparently having trouble casting this one character and called me back. About three months later, I was down to my last unemployment check Mm -hmm. and uh, said, if you're still interested, we'd love for you to come in and audition tomorrow. Great. An hour after they called me, the musical director for The Cosby Show, who had one of my demo tapes, a cassette, G. Keith, can uh-huh. we talk about cassettes? <laughs> had my cassette of my singing and my songwriting samples. And he said, uh, would you be interested in working with me on the theme song for this new TV series? Mm. And I thought it was a joke. How do you get two calls like that within an hour? Turns Incredible. out it wasn't a joke. 
Within 10 days, I had booked the co-star spot on A Different World as Julissa. Wow. And wow. the theme song for the TV series. And the producers and Mr. Cosby had no idea they had hired the same person to do both jobs <laughs> until they hired me to do both jobs. <laughs> and then within three days, I was on a plane back to California. We shot the pilot. I recorded the theme song. Uh, I was originally supposed to sing the theme song until mm-hmm. they realized I was the same person. Then they said, no, that's way too much attention on you and it's not your <laughs> show. So they actually had Al Green come in and sing it. Mm. So I was in the recording studio teaching Al my song. Says no, Get Al, down. it goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Love and happiness. Oh my gosh! Talk about a journey of one legend after the next. You know, there were people I had met on my journey up until then, but mm-hmm. I mean, Al Green, come on, come on. And singing backgrounds for Al was myself, Rochelle Farrell. Mm. multi-Grammy award-winning Rochelle Farrell. This was way back in the day. This was 1986. And Lynn Fidmont. We were singing backgrounds for Al. Once we finished the pilot, they decided, no, we really need a female voice on this. So Mm -hmm. it was Phoebe Snow. So Phoebe Uh. Snow was the first voice we heard on air. Then their thought was, we're going to re-record this theme song every season, and we're going to get a new flavor to it every season. Second season, Aretha Franklin sang the song. What Mm. happened? They kept it for the next four years. We are not changing this. They kept it for the next four years. And then in the final season, Boys to Men re-recorded the song. So it was the same song, just with different spins on it. So praise God for that. Grateful for it. Uh, That opportunity changed my life. Yes, sir. Are you still getting residuals? Oh, hello. One of the other things I learned. Uh, I had not too long graduated from college and uh, I founded the musical theater degree program Mm -hmm. at, well, the the musical theater program at the University of Miami through the School of Music. I started out as an opera singer. Really? uh, But I had been dancing and acting since I was a child. So when I got to the university, I had graduated from the High School of Music and Art up in Mm -hmm. Harlem, 135th and Convent, was when it was the castle on the hill before it moved to Lincoln Center. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would travel there every day, an hour and 40 minutes from the last stop on the IRT in Brooklyn by Brooklyn College, all the way up to 135th Street to go to high school. So when I got to college, a lot of the courses that were required for my major, I had already taken in high school. Mm. So it didn't make sense to me to take them again. So, um, and this is what I did. Don't you do it out there. Don't you tell your mother I told you to do this. This is what I did. (laughs) When I got my sheet and my schedule of courses and signed off on it by my uh, department head, I erased half of what she told me to take and wrote in what I wanted to take. I took <laughs> dance classes, acting classes, etc. So I'm 16 years old when I started college. Mm, I got called really? into the dean's office. They said, look, we were concerned about admitting you in the first place because you were so young. But now that, that you're here, this is your one and only warning. You have not been going to your classes, young lady. We are about to send you home. I said, what are you talking about? I've been going to all my classes and I'm pulling a 4.0 GPA. Well, you haven't been to this class, this class, and this class. I said, yeah, well, I'm not in that class. I'm in this <laughs> class, this class, and this class. <laughs> well, who told you to do that? I said, well, nobody told me to do it. I figured it's my money. I take the classes I want to take. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when they told me that the School of Music had been in conversations with the School of Fine Arts to develop this new degree program for people like me who cross this. Dis- so I'm the first graduate 
of and the founder of the musical theater program major at the at the University of Miami that has since graduated Grammy winners, Tony winners like Joshua Henry and Sylvester. I mean, just people after people. And I'm so honored and grateful for that. Um, so that was college. And now I come up. And so in college, one of the courses I took was this business of music. And my mm -hmm. textbook was written by two attorneys that happened to be in New York, Bill Feynman and Andy Krasilovsky. So mm -hmm. when I got offered to write the theme song, I called them. Again, this is a good less, less lesson. I called them and said, look, you don't know me. I just graduated from college. I got this amazing offer. But what I do know is that I need a contract that should not just be left up to me. Can Do you have a free legal aid or somebody that I can go to? They said, well, come in the office. Tell us what's going on. We'll see what we can do. I went into their office. I explained to them what's going on. They said, we would be happy to represent you. <laughs> I said, no, you missed the part where I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> do you have any free? Do you have an assistant? Do you have an I can talk to? And they said, no, we are impressed by the fact that you didn't just jump at this offer, just sign anything, but that you want to do it well. And it would be our pleasure to represent you free of charge. All we ask is that when you are able, you turn around and offer support to someone else. I had never heard the term pay it forward before. Wow. And I literally sat there in their office and cried. And uh, 34 years later, I'm still earning checks. I still get credit, screen credit, and the company didn't want to give me credit at first. When you first watched the first pilot that aired, my name was not there. Mm. My attorney stepped in and said, you are about to be in breach of contract. It's in Ms. Lewis's contract. Her name is supposed to get screen credit every episode. And they said, well, it's going to take us some time to do it. And my attorney said, well, you take all the time you need. But until you do it, you are not allowed to use the theme song on that show. <laughs> so you take all the time you need. And you let us know when you're ready. And sure enough, my name was there the following week. <laughs> oh, wow. So again, paying it forward, um, giving to young people, being a voice for them, being advocates for them, giving them the tools that they need are things that I was blessed to be made available to me. I wasn't treated like the dumb kid because people saw me coming ready to work, ready to earn my way. Um, and do it as excellently as I can so that I can keep up with and be in the midst of all of these amazing people that I was around. When you get to be able to call Gladys Knight, Aunt Gigi, and Nancy Wilson, and Grover Washington, and Stevie Wonder, and all of these people who are ultimately at the top of their game, and some of the most beautiful human beings you will meet, it teaches you that you can go through this industry with grace. You don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be abusive. You don't have to be arrogant. There's a big difference between confidence and arrogance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yes. am not who I am at anyone else's expense. I am who I am because of the things I've been blessed with and the way I have worked to manifest them. And my hope is that you feel the same way about you and your gifts. And your gifts do not diminish mine or mine yours. Um, so I'm grateful. So the different world was the biggest change in my life to that point, but it was all the other little steps, the being willing to do demo tapes, having someone see you. And when they call you say, are you this person? And you can confidently say, yeah, I wrote that. 
Yes, that's me. Yes, I'm ready. Yes, I've done the homework. Yes, I'm prepared, which I find a lot of kids today are not. They just want to be. They want to be internet famous. They want to be this and all of that without really doing the work to sustain or prepare. But some of them, I have to admit, are creating some amazing content while others are famous for being famous. And um, I plan on being 29 for a long time. <laughs> 29 birthdays. <laughs> Staying in the game <laughs> and doing what I can to be relevant and helping someone else along the way, which is, I think what you were getting to was my foundation, the A New Day Foundation, which is why I founded that. That was a perfect segue into your foundation. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing for, children, for, for kids. Well, um, for more than 40 years now, even on my journey, I would go back. When I graduated elementary school, I got bullied. Uh, it was not easy for me. Again, I was living in that house home with the domestic violence, etc. But my teachers planted a seed in me of hope and encouragement for what they saw in me. And um, so when I graduated elementary school and went to junior high, I would come back to see my teachers, to tell them what I was doing now in junior high school. And then they would ask me to say a few words to the kids in the class. So I would talk to the kids in the class and they would ask me, well, what is junior high school like? And that, so we would answer questions and I would encourage them not to bully each other. Okay. So that was my tradition. So to, so to speak, all through my education years. High school, I would go back to the junior high, go back to my elementary. College, I would do the same thing, give them updates. This is what I'm doing. Not too long out of college, as I said, I booked a different world. So as was my tradition, I went back to music and art. It was now in Lincoln Center, but some of my teachers were still there. So I went to go visit my teachers. Only this time I walked into the lobby. A few kids saw me and said, oh, my God, it's Julissa. And then I got swarmed in the lobby. <laughs> they had to get the security guards, the police, to escort me to the principal's office, get on the loudspeaker. And the principal said, please, go. we need you to get out of the hallways and go to your classrooms. Miss Lewis will come and visit you, but we need you to go to your classrooms. So I spent an extended school day going from one classroom to the other, answering questions, talking about the industry, because for the most part, I was living the dream of those mm -hmm. students. That's what, what you go to performing arts high school for. And that's what I was doing. And at that point was when it clicked in my head that what I was doing was called motivational speaking, that I was inspiring. Up until then, I was doing it for me for regenerating and rejuvenating my spirit and my desire to continue to move forward. And it was at that point that it clicked for me. Um, it was a real paradigm shift that possibly I had some something to offer. So I've been doing that on my own, uh, going to colleges, going to corporate groups, master classes at university, all of that on my own dime. About five years ago, I wanted to develop this speaking program that could go national. And for all the corporations that I've supported over the years, they said, we love you, Dawn. You're always there for us, but we can't just give you money. You have to be um, a formal 501c3. So that was the birth of the A New Day Foundation, uh, which is a play on my name, Dawn, beginning of a new day. But also mm. our mission is that we create a new day of opportunity and financial support for underserved youth and communities. And so that where you were yesterday is not where you have to be today, nor where you need to be tomorrow. Consider us your new day of opportunity towards your best self. You see, now you have just 
synchronized. Well, you've crystallized my belief when I said that you are uh, you are an amazing woman. You're doing all these amazing things, and you've just told me one more thing that uh, that crystallizes my 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 belief. Uh, so, all right. So let's talk about you know I've spent most of my adult life doing voiceovers, being a voice actor. Yes. And and I noticed that that it's a major part of your career now. How did you get started in in doing voice work? Wow. That's another journey. But before we move away from the A New Day Foundation, please Mm -hmm. check us out online, www.anewdayfoundation.net. We have our holiday drive coming up. Uh, We are going to be providing gift cards and meals for families in need during the holidays. So please check us out. Please give us whatever support you can. Every dollar makes a huge difference. Um, And we also give scholarships. That was the other thing we didn't say. We have uh, year-round programs for uh, teen boys called Mentors, M-E-N, then capital T-O-R-S, which stands for Men Talking of Relevant Situations, and for teen girls called Sisters Hangout. And then we also have an annual conference in the spring called Focused and Fit, F-I-T, for a different world. And FIT stands for financially and technologically informed. So we try to prepare the next generation for what their best future can be getting into and through college and into a career in the areas that really dictate and change lives, being aware of your finances and being informed about technology and how it is shaping the world. And at that conference, we give out scholarships and brand new computers to deserving graduating high school seniors and college freshmen and sophomores. So check us out. Check out the site. We've got a minute and a half before we go to break, but recently you you gave away $55,000 in scholarships, right? This year. This year we gave out about $55,000 in scholarships and brand new computers to students across this country that attended the conference. We did it virtually. We had kids from Canada, Florida, Atlanta, Virginia, Los Angeles, and Texas. Uh, And then this year I got inducted into the Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. Hey, congratulations. Alright. Valerie Simpson, Roberta Flack, Naomi oh. Judd. Uh, it was it was amazing. And at that at that event in Washington, DC, uh, I sponsored a table for some up-and-coming young female writers. So we had some junior high school students from the Renaissance Academy here in the Bronx. Uh, they came down and we gave scholarships to one young lady who just graduated high school and is now attending Clark Atlanta University, majoring in composition. We gave her a scholarship of $2,000 and a brand new keyboard. And we also gave a graduate uh, a graduate student at Howard University a $2,000 scholarship and a brand new computer. So yeah, all this year we've given up about close to $55,000 worth of scholarships and computers and keyboard equipment. Incredible. We've got 30 seconds before break, and I just want to talk about voiceovers when we come back. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about voiceovers when we come back. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like for you to download Harlem America onto your Apple phone or your Android. Just go to your uh, app store and look for Harlem America and put us on. Take us with you. And we'll be right back after these few words with Don Lewis. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. 
From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business, you never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out, check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're here with uh, Dawn Lewis, and I am so impressed by this woman. Uh, you know, she's more than just an actor, more than just a singer. Uh, she's got so many achievements, and she's doing good uh, by helping uh, pass all of this wonderful uh, information and and uh, ins- inspiration uh, to uh, our kids, and that that's wonderful. So, Dawn. Uh, we were going to talk about how you got into my line of work, uh, <laughs> voice acting. Uh, voice acting. Yes. When did uh, this happen? Well, it started with jingles, actually. I, while I was in college uh, auditioning for different things, I was singing jingles. So I was oh. a jingle singer, a session singer. I did a few sessions here in New York, but uh, I was working a lot in the theater and working on my recording artist career. So I was accustomed to doing that, studio Mm -hmm. session work. Mm -hmm. Um, I had always played around with imitating different voices and accents. When I was doing A Different World, Suzanne DePass, that Mm -hmm. used to be formerly one of the execs at Motown, was dipping her hand into management. And I was at an event in San Francisco where I sang. Uh, I sang, Gladys Knight sang, a few other people sang. And Suzanne DePass came over to me and said, have you ever thought about um, management? So she was interested in managing me at the time. She says, one of the things I'm working on is a new cartoon series called Kid and Play. Would you be interested in doing one of the voices? I'd never done uh, voiceover work at that point. 
So I said, yeah, sure, that would be a lot of fun. So I came in and I played the little sister and she talked like, just like my niece. And she talked just like this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Chris, I don't care what you have to do, this is what I'm gonna do. And my niece was furious that I was imitating her, but I loved it. It earned me a whole bunch of money. <laughs> and more importantly than that, uh, the voiceover world, as you know, is a very tight knit community. Yes. So being brought in, handpicked and brought in for that one project, the directors we got to work with were like, well, who's this new girl? She's good. Can she do any other voices? So then I started being requested. People would say, and I did not have a voiceover agent at the time. It was just word of mouth. Can we get that girl who did this show? So I went and did uh, Cool Like That, a Christmas movie that had myself and Whoopi Goldberg in it and Boys to Men and all these other people. And one show to the next, one show to the next. And then I finally got a voiceover agent. And mm-hmm. then it just took off like gangbusters. So right now, uh, I, well, back in the day, I was doing Mortal Kombat, Spider-Man, the X-Men. I was the voice of Storm, Granny McStuffins and Doc McStuffins, um, uh, Spirit, uh, 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 uh the, the chief. In, Sophia uh, the first. The chief. Those are current. I'm doing um, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego as right. the chief. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, I am doing Star Trek Lower Decks as Captain Freeman. That's yeah. right. Just this year, I won uh, an NAACP Image Award nomination and mm-hmm. a Women's Image Award. I was the actual winner of that for Best Voice Actress. The show was doing incredibly well. And just last week, our my newest uh, animated series. I am so excited to be doing with Ludacris himself. He's really he's the creator and executive producer and one of the lead actors in Karma's World on Netflix. Mm. So and I play Ms. Washington on Karma's World. I do silly shows like Rick and Morty and Apple and Onion. And (laughs) I've been doing voices for The Simpsons for about six years now. Uh, Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm just grateful. It's one opportunity after the next. And uh, so, yeah, I love doing animation. I love doing voiceovers. This year, I got added to the cast of House Broken, that new series on Mm. Fox. As mm-hmm. well as um, the Duncanville. I do voices mm-hmm. for that. Yep. And when it was on the Cleveland show in Futurama, I was La Barbara. People are surprised to find out that I was La Barbara on Futurama. Really? Me and me and my husband, Hermes. Yeah, man. Wow. Incredible. Well, uh, not not to be left out now. I mean, you know, not to be left out. I'm I'm currently the voice on Redemption Red Dead 2. So if, I love it. So if you're a, a, a gamer... Uh, and and you've been playing uh, Redemption Red Dead Two. Then uh, I am the the herbologist uh, William uh, uh, in that particular video game. So uh-huh. so now uh, I'm not counting your money, but uh, you should be a wealthy <laughs> a wealthy wealthy woman with all these residuals coming left and right, cheese and crackers. Uh, uh, so 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 now, all right. Uh, how did you, I mean, you, you have uh, sang with uh, such major uh, artists, but you also have written music for Disney and, 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 and all these various shows. How, how, how do you do this? You know, where do you find the time to do all of this, Dawn? You, you turn 29 at least every four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
well, you know, like I said, I generally do not read my bio. Uh, by grace, God, I have the same 24 hours everyone else does, uh, but I allow my spirit to be where I feel is flourishing. And fortunately, uh, I am employed in a lot of different areas that give me opportunities. So often when I'm in the movie, they know that I'm a composer. They said, do you have a song that might fit X, Y, and Z? And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I can come up with some, something. And it usually happens either in the moment, in the moment, or it's something that I've already composed, but hadn't put anywhere or like four, five times off of my first CD worth waiting for five of those songs have been utilized two of which in Disney movies one in um, uh, a movie called Jennifer for wigs and for a couple of other programs and opportunities or it's just something I wrote especially for that show like I wrote music like a different world like hanging with Mr. Cooper I've written music for that for dream on when I was on that series I wrote music for that show and it often happens that way um, because of the children's projects I do I get asked to submit songs for children's shows for different recording artists and friends of mine they say Dawn I need a song for X Y and Z can you come up with X Y and Z and like I said it's um, it's been a blessing yeah. Well, well, Don, since you're doing this show, can you come up with a song for Harlem America? I was just thinking, <laughs> you know, I'd be happy to. I love your theme music as it's coming in from commercial. I'm really? Theme music. I love it. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh... you know, it's amazing to me for as long as you and I have known each other, because we met even before I went out to Los Angeles 30 really? something years ago. Yes, it was you and Pat Prescott and Warren oh. Harper. It was all of that back in the day at Kiss and BLS. Yes. Oh, wow. So it's for incredible. all the years that we've known each other, we haven't always moved in the same circles, but it's really a pleasure to get to speak to you now. It really is. And well, see you again, which is why you were at the party for right. my birthday. You are meeting your friend Sharon. Right, Sharon Hayward. Sharon. Uh, yes, uh, she's a, a dear friend of mine. I've known her for, for many, many years. And she uh -huh. called me up and she says, you know, uh, Dawn is in town, Dawn Lewis, and uh, you, you ought to give her a call. And uh, so that, that's how we hooked up for the birthday party and everything. There you go. Exactly. And her wonderful son, Lucky, who is another just a beautiful spirit, always doing good things for other people and has got a successful business himself. Sharon, I got to tell you, when I came here, she says, okay. Now that you're back, I need you to see this person, this person, this person. <laughs> she is a connector. She really is. And yes. just very generous with her with her spirit, with her kindness, um, with her support. She's one of those pay it forward kind of people as well. So it's a blessing to have those people in my life. Yeah. And just so people will know, Sharon Hayward has been in the music business for many, many years. Yeah. I think she's retired now, but but uh, she she was a force, a real force in the music business. Right. So, Dawn, is yes. there any is there anything that you had to give up in your life or career in order to be the success that you are now? Do you have any regrets? No regrets, uh, but that doesn't change the answer to the first question. Was there things mm -hmm. I had to give up? Yes. Um, I am long distance from my family. Uh, my family is still here in New York. Uh, some uh, of my dearest friends are still here in New York. Uh, my mom is in Atlanta. So I've been on the opposite side of the country 
And even while I was in college, I was pretty young. Like I I said, when I left. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I haven't really lived at home or back here in proximity to those that are very near and dear to me since Mm -hmm. I was 16. Uh, but by like I said, but by the grace of God, my I have three of the most amazing brothers. Uh, my my mom, my cousins, my nieces and nephews. My family is so incredibly supportive of me. Dawn, you know, not necessarily the career and the whatever. We just love being around each other. And when we're not physically together, we're communicating on the phone or emails or Zoom calls. And again, some of my very dearest friends are still here in New York. Uh, I've been really blessed with a supportive and enriching and loving family in California, extended family. So I consider myself a very, very blessed person. You know, some people can maybe count on one hand or less than one hand the number of genuine friends they have. Uh, Not to be glib, I don't have enough fingers to count the number of genuine friends who are just really in my life that I can count on, that can count on me. Uh, We're not necessarily tied like every day, every, Mm -hmm. every, every minute, but you know that when you need that person, they will be there for you. And that means the world to me. So proximity is what I had to give up. Kids, having my own kids is one of the things that I uh, gave up because it was important to me to have a family and not just a baby. So Mm -hmm. the right guy after that mishap that I went through, you know, dated, dating, you know, all of that, but the, the, the baby making window came <laughs> like that, like that. So, but what I am blessed with is all these little beautiful people that I get to mentor who come into my life, who call me Auntie Dawn. And uh, so I am Auntie Dawn to more kids than I could have ever given birth to. And uh, they're, they're beautiful to me and I do my best to be beautiful right back to them and encourage them to be their best selves. Well, you are beautiful and uh, in, in, in many ways. And uh, we've got two minutes left. And I just want to ask you, should I call you Dr. Dawn Lewis from here on out? <laughs> you don't have to call me Dr. Dawn Lewis. Uh, I was honored with the honorary degree a few years ago now uh, for the work that I do, the humanitarian work that I do across the country and abroad. Uh, As I mentioned, the work I do here with the New New Day Foundation is decades long, but I've also taken programs as far overseas as India and London and South America, Guyana, where my family is from. And uh, yes, so I received my doctorate in humane letters uh, about three years ago now. Uh, and, and who bestowed it upon you? Uh, Next Dimension University, a theological university in California. Fantastic. Thank you. Dawn, this, we've got less than a minute. This has been beautiful. I'm really, really, really happy you took the time to, to join What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And I wish you all the best on Broadway Thank and all your endeavors. And since you don't read your own bio, you can call me anytime and I'll read the bio to you. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining me with Dawn Lewis. Go see her on Broadway in Tina the Musical. And you have a great day and a better one tomorrow. And don't judge your brother or sister too harshly until you walk the mile in his or her shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.